This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at fcbradio.com. FCB. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they thought so we would be America, land of the Welcome to the Growing Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. I'm really excited about this episode. A friend from the Queen Sophia Institute is joining us to tell us all about Spanish and Spanish-speaking influence in early America. We've talked about France a lot. We've talked about the Marquis de Lafayette and the French helping the American Revolution. But somehow, it seems like Spain gets left out of the story in a lot of American history. We're going to talk about why that might be, what Spain did, and why it's important to remember that today. Here we go. Well, well, my name is Juan Ignacio Buenetea. I'm uh, the communicators and communications and PR coordinator of the Queen Sofia Spanish Institute. The institute was founded more than 60 years, almost 60 years ago now. Uh, here in New York, and it's an organization, it's a nonprofit that aims to promote the Spanish-speaking culture in the U.S. and bring awareness about how many things Spain and the Spanish-speaking countries have uh, shared and yeah, uh, yeah, shared and bring yeah. to the U.S. and the, the U.S. culture also. Yeah, and that's exactly why we wanted to talk to you today. I think um, you know when Americans think about American history, it's sort of starts with the British colonies, but Spain, you know, we, when you kids learned about Christopher Columbus, he was Spanish. It was, you know, Spain was, was definitely here. Can you tell us a little bit about Spain in early America? Sure. Uh, well, me, myself, I'm half Spanish, half American, and okay. it's been very interesting to discover the last four or five years where I have been working more on this field of culture, history related, that I didn't know, uh, for example, that the first city uh, of this country was founded by Spanish-speaking people, by Spaniards, uh, that's San Agustin in Florida. And that was founded in the 16th century. It's the oldest city of the United States, uh, permanently based, no? Uh, but you can think about, for example, just to understand the, the relevance, not only of Spain, but also from other speaking Spanish-speaking countries, such as Mexico, in this country, in historical terms, uh, think about the name of different states, you know? You have Florida, you have uh, Arizona, you have Texas, uh, New Mexico, California, all these names come from, from Spanish and have uh, Spanish speaking a Hispanic history, if you want to say it like that. And yeah, before the 13 colonies and before uh, the Anglo-Saxon heritage, if you want to say it like that, yeah. obviously you have the Native American culture, but then the first, for example, the first known native language that was spoken in this country was Spanish. And the first non-native inhabitant of New York, where I am based right now, was a Dominican oh. before before any Dutch or British settler. So yeah, certainly this country has uh, very very deep in its history. So the Hispanic history, you know, that's why we also celebrate a Hispanic History Month. Great, that's great. So now we are a couple couple hundred years ahead of uh, Saint Augustine being settled. Um, the American Revolution is where we are in our timeline with the kids. So you, I think a lot, again, people 
you know, think a lot about, um, you know, French support, um, but Spain, I think, kind of gets left out of the story sometimes. So what what was Spain doing during this time? Well, Spain at this time did many things. The thing is, one of the reasons why Spain has always been left a little bit behind is that most of the help that Spain gave to the U.S. was, well, to the 13 colonies at that time, was uh, non-public. The Spanish government at the time didn't want to make public because they didn't want to engage in war with the British. No. You know, they had two big empires, uh, a lot of territories in the Caribbean, in South America were fighting along them. And so Spain wanted to maintain a low profile. So at the beginning of the wars, as soon as the war started, Spain, what did, especially through a man called Diego de Gardoqui, who is, uh, was born in the same town that I'm from, that is Bilbao, in the north of Spain, who was a merchant. And he began with the with the uh, authorization of the King of Spain, sending weapons and then blankets and then medicines, food to the to the rebels. No, if you if, may I use that? <laughs> yes. Uh, and and that was like the beginning of the help of Spain to the American Revolution. That was the early stages. But as I said before, uh, that that beginning was completely secret. It was a secret operation and. There is very interesting stories about, for example, um, spies and networks in the Caribbean that were helping through Mexico, Cuba, Puerto Rico to to help Washington and its troops, uh, sending money, sending weapons, sending military, well, helping them with military strategy. That was the first stage. Then we can find another second stage after 1780, more or less, where Spain decided to start engaging in, in military conflict. No? And the, the, just to emphasize, probably the most decisive role of Spain in this in the American Revolution was through a man called Bernardo de Galvez, who was the governor of Louisiana at that time. And he was an extraordinary military leader. And he led several campaigns through to control the Mississippi River and to stop the British of controlling that river. And, that's, for example, uh, main battles in Mobile and Pensacola, where Bernardo de Galvez won against the British army, and he he shouted to all his troops, "If they were scared, he will do it all alone." No, in Spanish he said, "Yo solo." Yeah. So he became famous because of that, and and in fact, Washington itself recognized him as extreme relevance and promised him a portrait in the Capitol, hmm. which he never got. Oh. Till seven years ago, where well, the promise was finally fulfilled. Thanks finally to, happened. Yes. Yeah, thanks to civil society groups, they recovered the memory of this uh, military leader. He was from Spain, from Malaga. But what people don't know, and that's something that we try to explain at the Queen Sofia Spanish Institute, is that, that the army of Bernardo de Galvez, for example, was a truly multicultural one. You had people from born in what is now Guatemala, what is now Mexico, what is now Cuba all fighting along for the American independence. People uh, also, uh, people from the United States, people from Germany, people from France, and all gathered around Bernardo de Galvez and the Spanish support to the American Revolution. So yes, certainly, I think uh, the US, Spain, and the Spanish-speaking countries, they have so many things that they share, a very rich history. And as Washington itself said, without this support of the Hispanic leaders, uh, the Americans maybe will never have won the war. So wow. it's good to know. Wow. 
So why why was it important to Spain? Why was it worth spending the money either with you know the secret help of materials or the military help? Well, in the end, as any buyer, Spain was voting <laughs> with the British, and they saw it obviously as an opportunity to well to gain some advantage against the British. If they have problems, Spain will be better off, no? But, you know, at the same time, they saw uh, 13 colonies as a possible ally uh, to the Spanish interests at the, the other side of the Atlantic. However, that didn't turn out very well because as many people know, after the American Revolution, that's an ex that was an inspiration for uh, the Latin American revolutions that came shortly after, which in the end ended up obviously uh, with the independence of different countries from Spain, no? But probably the, the aim of Spain at that time, well, there was an economic also interest because through these merchants that were helping, they knew that the U.S. will soon be a very interesting power to engage with in commercial relationships, historical relationships. And but what mainly it was the, the clear dominance of the British Empire against the Spanish Empire in the French there also, but to, to debilitate a little bit the, the long time enemy that we had at the time. Yes. And is that so it seems like, you know, that's a lot of the same reason that France supported the revolution is, you know, to fight against Britain. Um, were Spain and France allies? Spain and France also had, well, they have had a somehow complicated yeah. relationship yes, from yes. years. But at that, at that time, yes, they, they, they acted as, as allies, especially because France did not have that many uh, possessions in, in at that time in what is now America, so South America or the Caribbean. Uh, the, the French Empire was more based towards Africa, towards other other places. No, so Spain didn't see France at that time as a, such as yeah an enemy. The thing is that probably shortly after uh, when Napoleon came, Spain didn't have the best time. Also, it was a French invasion of Spain. So that's the thing about empires. There's this thing about wars that you always have different interests mixing in very short periods of time, but that's how things worked before, no? Yeah. Uh, so, but yes, in the context of the American Revolution, Spain and France were allies with the 13 colonies fighting against the British. Yeah. Yes, yes. It would benefit both of them for Britain to lose. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. yes. Um, were there, are there any, you told us a great story about um, Galvez. Are there other, you know, interesting stories about Spain helping? During the American Revolution? Yeah, during the Revolution. Sure, I, I, I would encourage anyone who listens to this post podcast to, to read about, obviously, Galvez, but you can read about, as I said before, Gardoki, who was also the first, after the independence, the first ambassador of Spain to the US, very close friend with George Washington also. Uh, he lived here in New York, and I think in Philadelphia also. He has a statue in Philadelphia. Um, but I would recommend looking at the story, for example, of Bernard Fernando de Leiva, he was a man from Ceuta. This is a very small city at the south, in the south of Spain, in the northern part of Africa. And he defended the city of San Luis uh, during the American Revolution. And it was a very tough and fierce battle. He defended the, the city with French, with American rebels, obviously, and with natives against the British. And it was he was totally outnumbered and he was able to maintain that position. and. His, his feat was highly recognized and highly valuable for the control of, again, that part of the Mississippi, because Spain controlled at that time all the part of Texas, Louisiana, California. So it was the, the West control of Spain helped 
cut a little bit the British forces uh, where the main battle were happening, no, in the in the yeah. eastern coast of the U.S. And you could also another interesting name to look. It's um, um, I I have forgotten now. Uh, Miralles Juan de Miralles. He also acted kind of as ambassador, facilitator, uh, diplomat. But this, you know, these people who had really uh, tremendous PR and okay. communications skills, and they were able to establish allies all across, not only the US, but I was saying before, you know, it's very important to understand that, for example, uh, there were money collections in Mexico, in Guatemala, silver coming from all Latin America to help the American independence, not the American Revolution. And these people, based in Cuba, were Spanish at the time, but well, based in Cuba, they, they brought all that money and channeled it for the Washington troops through very complicated and sophisticated mm, yeah, uh, methods no, to avoid the British control. So yeah, there, there are many names. I would also recommend uh, reading this, the book called uh, Get to Know Bernardo de Galvez by Guillermo Fesser, who's a Spanish journalist. It's for kids. It's a great book. And, and also uh, a website called Unveiling Memories, which explains very thoroughly all, all the Spanish support of the American Revolution. That's wonderful. Some great resources for us to, to link with the show. Great. That's great. Um, so what, what is the kind of key thing that you want the kids to remember about Spanish support in early America? What I would like... As I said before, me, myself, I'm, I'm half Spanish, half American. Uh, my mother's Puerto Rican. And, you know, uh, I grew up in Spain, but I went, I go every summer to Puerto Rico. And now I live in New York. And I've never had a lot of information about how many, how much my culture as a Spanish speaker, as a Hispanic American, uh, has provided to the U.S. and to the U.S. history. So what I would like anyone who listens to this podcast or reads about these stories is not to think about maybe the French have a different story to tell. No, but I think that the Spanish-speaking community is broader and increasingly important in the United States. And I would like any kid that is growing in the U.S. Uh, being probably from Hispanic heritage, for example, but not necessarily any kid, uh, to have that sense of proud and understanding that Spanish speakers do belong to the history of this country and not in a mm, tangential way, in a, in a very, mm, yeah. Sure, sure they directly, yes. But they directly have influenced everything of this country, almost everything, no? And they've been here since the very beginning and done great, great things through the history of this country. So I think that would be the main thing that anyone should get out of these kind of stories. The, the American Revolution is one chapter, but many other things have happened and will happen because the American, the Hispanic, Spanish-speaking population of the United States is increasingly important, obviously. So that, that would be the, the message, you know, like we are all Americans, we have different backgrounds, but we are proud, we should be proud of our history, of our shared history, and inside that history, Spain and the Spanish-speaking world has had a crucial role, something that we should be proud of. Absolutely. Definitely important to remember. Um, Juan Ignacio, I really appreciate you joining us today and telling us all about it. I know this is an important story and I'm excited to help you share it. Thank you, Amalia. It was my, my pleasure, our pleasure sharing this with you. And yeah, I think it's important to, to share it. And I appreciate your effort 
uh, talking about these topics and sharing this with everyone. Thank you for listening. I thought it was so interesting to learn what Spain and Spanish-speaking people have done in American history. In the early part of the American Revolution, Spain helped us so secretly that almost 250 years later, we still don't talk about it enough. So I'm glad that Juan Ignacio could join us today and tell us all about it. Remember that you can find more resources for this episode and every episode at growingpatriots.com, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Growing Patriots. See you next time. They freed us all from tyranny. Wished everything for liberty. And they thought so we would be America, land of the free. Distributed by FCB Radio Network.